0: You are listening to the New Vision Church podcast, a community to belong, be loved, and believe. Now look, today's a special day, but every day should be a special day, amen? Because he didn't just rise on this day, he's still alive tomorrow, right? And the day after. And so we've got time that the Lord has given us to praise him every day. And we should use our breath To praise the Lord. Amen. And so today we're talking in particular about the resurrection. We're talking in particular about what that means for us as followers of Jesus. Because we do serve a risen Savior. Many of y'all have heard this joke before, right? Uh, But it's not just a joke, it's the truth. Right? When you think about Muhammad, right? You think about Gandhi, you think about Confucius. Here's my imitation of each one of those so-called gods. They're still dead. They're still in the grave. But our Savior rose on the third day, just like he said he would. Amen? He's alive, and he's coming again. And and this is the thing, right, that we need to kind of get it settled in our minds, is that because Jesus is alive, he is coming again. Right? This is our hope. Not that just we get to have eternal life, but, but that he is going to reign and rule for all eternity, and we get to be with him. The scripture tells us this it says, Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now, let me just say this, right? The, they didn't roll the stone back to let Jesus out, he was already gone. They rolled the stone back to let the people in, right? Because how else are they going to roll that stone back? They couldn't do it. So God sent angels to roll it back so that they could have clear interest to get in and see. He is not here. Amen, amen. It says in verse 3, His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So there were guards there. They were supposed to be watching to make sure nobody came and stole the body. And so, when the angel showed up, these guards are standing there, fear and trembling, like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, didn't speak to the guards, said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, okay? In case you didn't know, there's, there's, there were some other Jesuses around, okay? And so they're saying, we want to make sure that Jesus we're, that you're looking for is the same Jesus we're talking about. So the Jesus that was crucified, that Jesus, that Jesus that was in this tomb three days ago, that Jesus, that Jesus is not here. He is not here for he has risen and he has said, come see the place where he lay. We want everybody to see that this tomb is empty. And then after you see that, go tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going before you to Galilee and there you will see him. I have told you. So, this morning, we have gathered together to worship a resurrected Lord. We have gathered together because Jesus did just as He said He he would. And through His Holy Spirit, right, He is with us today. He had told us that when He would go, He would go to prepare a place for us, but that He would also send His Spirit who would come and dwell with us, not just dwell with us, but be in us. And then He said this, He said, I will be with you. I will be with you. Because, you see, we believe in a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. And so Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to be preparing a place for you, but Holy Spirit's going to come, and I am Holy Spirit too. And I'm going to be with you. Even in Matthew 28, he said, I will be with you till the end of the age. So Jesus is alive, and he is with us today. Easter Sunday, or Resurrection Sunday, more accurately um, said, is the most significant day in history, right? We just celebrated Good Friday, which is the most tragic day in history. But today we are celebrating the most significant day in history. Because had Jesus not risen from the dead, right? Then as Paul said, we are to be most pitied because we're following just another dead God. But he said, but because Jesus did rise from the dead, you have have the truth you have a living Lord and this living Lord is God of all. Time has been changed because of Jesus. Calendars have been changed because of Jesus. History has been changed because of Jesus. And let me tell you this, there are a lot of people who can testify that their life has been changed because of Jesus, amen? This is why we even had baptism this morning. Because people are saying, my life has been changed because of Jesus. Now, if you can't say that this morning, it's not too late. I left the water and the pump going on purpose. And so, let me just say, I'm not joking. Right? God's been doing some awesome things in our church lately. And and I'm just going to say that by the end of this service... If you haven't confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that, you're going to have that opportunity. That if you haven't been baptized, or even if you've been baptized, but you haven't been walking with Jesus and you say, you know what, I need to get rebaptized just because I need to have a clear conscience. That water is still semi-warm. <laughs> it wasn't quite as warm as I thought it was going to be this morning. But, but I'm just going to tell you, look. You, you might not know this story, but there was a story where Philip, who was a disciple of Jesus, right after Jesus was resurrected, Jesus transported him somehow miraculously into the desert. And there was this guy who was an Ethiopian eunuch who was riding in this chariot. And as he was riding along, he was reading Isaiah. Uh, and he was, talking, he was talking about Jesus, right? And, and so Philip must have been a track star because he was running, keeping up with this chariot. right? And he heard, he heard, the, he heard him reading Isaiah. And, and so when they stopped the chariot, right? The, the man, the, the eunuch looks at Philip and says, Can you explain this to me? And Philip comes into the chariot and explains it to him. And he says, What prevents me from being baptized right now? And Philip looked around. Now, they're in a desert place. But because God is sovereign, they stopped the chariot near water. And so I'm just telling you this. We can stop this chariot near some water. And if today you need to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's ready. So be thinking about it. Because there's nothing that happens by chance that God has brought you here for a reason today. And you might have thought, oh, it's just for, you know, Easter. We do this every Easter, right? That, no, today could be a different day for you. And so perhaps Resurrection Sunday might mean Jesus resurrecting something new in your life. You see, it's not just a day that we celebrate that that Jesus rose from the dead. No, it's that Jesus is maybe rising you from the dead. That God is bringing you out of some darkness into the light. That God is bringing you out of a grave into the land of the living. You see, we believe in a God who can do this. And it's not just me as the preacher. There are people all around you who were just clapping, who are raising their hands saying, yes, that is my testimony too, that God, that Jesus has changed my life and he can change yours too. This is the God of the universe. And, And let me just tell you this, right? Satan thought he had won. Satan thought he defeated him. There were, there were other people who thought they had won. The Pharisees even thought they had won. They'd gotten rid of this Jesus. They, they got rid of this troublemaker, right? But, but let me tell you this. Jesus is not a loser, right? We, we have a God who's a winner. Anybody else like winners? Yeah. It's too bad we got the Falcons. But I uh, <laughs> uh, couldn't resist. But you see, the thing about it is this, is that we have a winner and he is always going to win. Jesus is always going to win. You might get in a wrestling match with him. And let me tell you this, the way you win is you let him win. You win when he wins. But you see, Jesus works a little differently. He says, hey, if you want to win in my kingdom, you got to be willing to lose. you got to be willing to lose your own life. Right? But if you lose it, you will find it. Jesus loves these paradoxes, these oxymorons, these things that seem like they don't make sense until you trust him, and then it makes perfect sense. That, That when, how is it that he can bring life out of something that's dead? Well, that's resurrection power. You see, you can't conjure up resurrection power yourself. You can't do that. Only the God who is and was and always will be, only the God who is life can give life. Life doesn't come from you. Life comes from God. And you know, let's be honest, we all like winners. We all like people who seem to, right, overcome the odds. There are a lot of us who who love to cheer for the underdog. And and listen, a lot of people didn't give Jesus a chance. They thought, there's no way. There is no way. This man's talking out of his mind, talking about, you know, destroying the temple and rising in three days. It's because they didn't have spiritual lives. They they couldn't understand what he's talking about. He was talking about his body. He said, "Hey, you destroy this temple, and three days later I will rise again." You can't hold, you can't hold life down. He is life. And so Jesus, even though he was somewhat an underdog, proved to be the champion. He is the reigning champion. He will always be the reigning champion, not just the champion of the world, not just the champion of the universe. He is the champion of eternity, Amen? Forever and ever He is the Almighty God, He is the one who was and is and always will be. He is the one who was coming again. And that's who we're here to talk about today. And so while Jesus was on the cross, he says something that was very, very interesting. It's something that winners say. You might not know this word is "to tell us, stay." To tell us stay." We're going to have a, a, a quick, brief Greek class this morning. Jesus said a few things while he was on the cross. He said seven things, and one of those things was this word, to stay." And that means this. It means it is finished. The, a lot of your Bible translators go ahead and translate it for you, right? Because they see when you get to that word, you know, some of y'all get to those cer- certain words. You see those names in the Old Testament, and you don't even read them. You skip over them, right? You're like, I can't say that. <laughs> I don't know what that is, right? And so we do that sometimes when we come to these Greek words that Jesus says on the cross, like, Eli, Eli, Eli- lama sabachthani you're like, what in the world does that mean? And they go ahead and translate it and say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? And so a lot of times they do the same thing with the telestate, which means it is finished. You see, when Jesus was on the cross, he said this, this statement and it was a declaration. It was him saying, there's something that has just transacted. We've just completed this process. It is finished. In fact, it's right here in John chapter 19. Verses 29 and 30. Jesus is on the cross. He's been there for several hours. And he says, it says, a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put it on a sponge full of the sour wine uh, on a hyssop branch. And they held it to his mouth. A lot of times they would do this for medicinal purposes. Right? People who are uh, going through something as severe as as, uh, crucifixion. You can imagine there's a lot of pain associated with this. And so like we do in our hospitals, we give people... Things like morphine to help deaden the pain. And so what they were doing here is they were putting this on the sponge and they were trying to give it to Jesus, but but listen, Jesus doesn't take it. Okay. That's that was good timing, but wrong timing. I don't know what's happening there. That's later. There we go, yes. So you got a little preview there. And so Jesus doesn't take it, right? He doesn't take it. And the reason he doesn't take it, and this might be hard for us to comprehend. The reason Jesus doesn't take it is because he came to suffer. He came to suffer. Many of us do everything we can do to prevent suffering. You get a little hangnail and you're taking like 500 milligrams of Tylenol. Right? You stub your toe, you're going to be wrapping it up in a splint, right? Walking around for days. And the thing is this, is we do everything we can do to prevent suffering. And here is Jesus who says no, even though he's been through the most traumatic way of execution ever, who says, I will not take any kind of form to deaden this pain. Because I came to suffer so that you wouldn't have to. You see, we think we know what suffering is. You don't know what suffering is. And, and, and a lot of times too, we, even when we talk about something as severe as hell, right? Where, where Jesus talked about this, he talks about hell quite a bit. And, and it's a real place. And there will be people who will be there forever and ever. And the Bible tells us that it's a place of, of in, incredibly horrible torment. We can't even comprehend what that's like. Because many of us, right, we think, okay, you know, this medicine is going to help me get through this. Or I I can go to the doctor and I'm going to get some relief. But the thing about it is this, is that in hell there is no relief. And so Jesus comes to take our place so that we will not have to be in a place where there's never any relief. So he chooses to suffer so that we won't have to. Jesus endures this and it says when jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit one of the things that is interesting to me about this particular passage is it says jesus bowed his head right when we bow our heads we're talking about praying right but the reason we say bow our heads what when you bow your head what are you doing you're you're looking down So that means this, before Jesus bowed his head, he was looking up. This is a picture for what we need to do. We always need to be looking up. We need to be looking to God. We need to be looking to our Father because he is the only one who has the answer for us. We like to look side to side. We like to even look inside. My goodness, we have have a, a mass tragedy of this going on in our society today where everybody's looking inside. Who am I? Well, this is who I am. Look, look, you're looking in the wrong places. If that's who you think you are, this is why you're messed up, right? Because we're looking inside. We need to be looking up. We need to be crying out to God. This is where our identity comes from. Not from looking in, not from looking side to side, but from looking up. And Jesus says, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. That means he yielded himself to God's care. In fact, Jesus also said this. He said, into your hands I commend my spirit. And this is what we all have to be willing to do. We have to say, God, my life is not my life anymore. It's your life. Here's my life. I yield myself to you. Whatever it is you want in my life, God, I'm willing for it to happen. You see, when he said to stay or tetelestai, however you want to say it. He was saying, it is finished. Now, this Greek word is a word that they would would use in very different ways back in Jesus' day and and time. In fact, a farmer would use that word to describe an animal, you know, an animal that was so beautiful or or even, like, perfect, right? They would look upon these these, um, sheep or uh, other animals, and they would say tetelestai because it had no faults, no blemishes, to tetelestai. They would also use it for, like, a carpenter would use it after they finished making a a piece of furniture, right? And they would kind of say to Telestai, like, it's finished. I've done my work. Today, we even had an artist over here, and Katrina is painting this incredible picture. And uh, how long, when did you start that? December. December. And over these last several months, right, she's been working on this. And the reason we know she's not finished, she can't say to Tetelestai. You know why? Because every artist only finishes the painting when they do what? They sign their name on it, and they say, to Tetelestai, it's finished. You see, this is the idea, that there's these things that they would use these word, this word for back in the day, and we kind of get it, right? We don't say necessarily it's finished or it's done, but this is the, the, the message that we're conveying. There would be a servant who would also maybe come back to their master, and they would say that, hey, look, I did what you wanted me to do to telesti. It's done. I did my job. It's finished. And so I want you to think about, right, when Jesus is on the cross and he says this word to die it's like all of these things together. Jesus is saying, I did it perfectly. I am the spotless lamb. It is finished with me. I have constructed this whole plan. It is finished with me. Jesus signed his name with his blood. It is finished with me. He was a servant to the end. He completed what his father asked him to do. It was finished with him. In fact, John 17, 4, Jesus said this before he even goes to the cross. He says, Father, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work that you've given me to do. Jesus was able to, at at the end of his life, say to his father, I've been a good son. I've done everything you wanted me to do. And so Jesus became the perfect living sacrifice for us the substitute for us he stood in our place so that we would not have to suffer but we could have everlasting life you see the reason this was important the reason this had to happen was because something had transacted hundreds thousands of years before that in the Garden of Eden we all know the story that Adam and Eve had rebelled against God. And because of that, because they chose to eat the fruit that had been for, forbidden, they were now separated from God. That now the relationship was broken. And so Jesus, he has to come and stand in our place because Romans 3, uh, 6.23 tells us this, that the wages of sin is death. It's not just a physical dying, it's a spiritual death. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, their fellowship with God had been broken. Up until that point, Jesus, I believe it was Jesus, but it says this, the Lord would come and walk down with them in the garden in the cool of the day. That every day they would have this special time together where they were having this fellowship. But when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, they ran and they hid themselves, and now the fellowship was broken. God comes down and he begins walking and he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? I'm missing our time together here. Something's wrong. What's going on? Why are you hiding? Let's be honest. Sin will drive you to hiding. When you sin, you don't want everybody to know about it. Right? There are things you do in the darkness, right? There are things you do right behind closed doors. There are things that you do when everybody else is asleep, right? Because it's like, "I, I don't want everybody to know about this. And so we go into hiding, and this is what sin does. Sin separates you, not just from God, separates you from others, and this is, this is the thing, too, right? When, when, you, when you're involved in a lot of sin, you might be even scratching your head and saying this, you know, how did I get here? I, I, I don't even recognize myself, right? Sin can separate you even from yourself. And so sin has this penalty that comes along with it, that it begins to deaden us. It begins to kill us. It, it begins to stifle relationships, and it begins to separate us from all those that we love and who love us. The wages of sin is death. There's a spiritual death that happens. But then look at that next phrase. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. God has given us a gift, and this gift, like any gift, comes with no strings attached. You ever ever gotten a gift and you feel like, man, you know, you're just giving me this because you want something back? Right? Right? Uh, that, that sometimes we get a gift, right, and it's got strings attached to it, right? And, and you feel like, well, you know, well, okay, you know, I gave you something. Now I'm expecting something back, you know, maybe even something better. And God gives us this free gift. That, that this free gift comes simply by believing in what Jesus has done for us. That we can receive this gift. But, but listen to this. When you receive this free gift, you won't be the same, right? It changes you from the inside out. That, that this is what's amazing about grace is that grace is something that's an inside job. It begins to change you from the inside out. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to prove anything. God is the one who does the changing. First John 4.10, look at this. This is an incredible verse. He says, In this love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. It's not that we love God or that we were even seeking after God. You may have even come this morning not really seeking after God. You're just doing it, you know, to, to do it. But, but listen to this. Before you're seeking for God, he's seeking after you. This is what's amazing is that God is always on the lookout for you, that he's seeking after you, he's searching after you. He wants you to know that he cares about you. And so this is love. Right? Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And look at what he says. He says, sent his son to be a propitiation. This is a big word. And so let me define it for you. It means a, an acceptable atoning sacrifice. It's a big word that means those three things, right? It's an acceptable. It's acceptable to God. Everything that we do is not acceptable to God. You might say, well, I'm just a good person. That's not, you'll never be good enough. Have you been perfect? Because the moment that you you weren't perfect was the moment that you weren't acceptable to God. Have Have you been trying to outweigh your bad things with good things? Listen, you can't ever do enough. You can't do enough good. I know we got some folks in here that have maybe been Boy Scouts, Eagle Scouts, Girl Scouts, right? You can't do it. You can't help enough ladies across the street, right, to get to heaven. You can't do it and so no matter how many good deeds we might be stacking up we don't have enough good deeds to get us there so it's acceptable jesus is the only acceptable sacrifice to god and atoning this means this that that it got jesus blood satisfies god requirement you see we feel like well i can do this or i can do that and and it's going to be acceptable to god and then it's going to satisfy god well listen it's not going to satisfy God. Many of us have been on Lent lately, and uh, that's where you, you make some sacrifices for 40 days. And, and so I gave up, you know, I give up a, a lot of different things. I give up meat, so I become a vegetarian for 40 days. I give up sodas, and I give up sweets. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says, because I'm a meat eater, a salad does not satisfy. <laughs> right? And so I can tell myself, and look, I've even had, I've even had the impossible Whopper. And you know what? It's pretty good to be a vegetarian plant-based, you know, fake. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, when I'm really craving it, right, I'll eat it because it's like it's the next best thing. But you know what? It really doesn't satisfy. Now, I hear the Snickers satisfies for a while. But you see, the thing about it is this, is that that nothing that we bring to God is ever going to satisfy him for eternity. Jesus is the eternal sacrifice that satisfies for eternity. You say, oh, why did God, why did Jesus have to come? Because he's an eternal being. This is why you can't pay for your sins, because you are not an eternal being. You're an everlasting being. You're created with life, and you get to have life after this. But eternity means you existed before history. You existed before creation. And there's only three that existed before creation, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so he had to have an atoning sacrifice that would last throughout all eternity, and then sacrifice. Even Paul says this. He says, you know, hey... There are people, good people, who would lay down their lives for other people. We have people in the service, you know, who who protect our country. We have uh, uh, other people that are in the police force who protect, you know, our our cities. The people who are willing to lay down their lives, mothers and fathers, your children, right? And and Paul even says this. He says there might even be a good person who would be willing to lay down their lives for somebody else, even for somebody they don't even know, right? He said, but 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 listen but who's gonna lay down their life for somebody they don't know and don't care about and don't love? Who's gonna lay down their life for even an enemy, right? It says nobody. But Jesus loved us in that while we were still sinners, even though we were still enemies with God, Jesus still died for you. And, and you know what? You can say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm never, not ever gonna be a Christian. That's okay. You can say that. And you know what? He still loves you anyway and he still laid down his life for you anyway. You see, Jesus in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 2 says this, and he himself, the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, not for just the believers, not for just those who are Christ followers, he says this, but for the whole world. That means if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're not a Christian, and you never will be, Jesus still died for you. That's why this day is so important. It's because Jesus died for people who will never believe that Jesus rose for people who will never follow because he did it for everyone. Jesus just didn't do this for the believers. He did it for everyone. And so Jesus is our stand-in. He's our representative. He's the one who dies in our place and takes on the wrath of God so that we don't have to. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin... Okay, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned, never had a bad thought, never did anything wrong. Made him who knew no sin, and this is important, he became sin. Jesus didn't sin. He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, Jesus becomes the sin for us. He is the one who has now taken it on in himself and becomes that sin for us. Mark 15, 33 through 34. Look at what it says. Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole uh, land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Now, listen to this. Here's, that. Here's some more of that Greek, right? Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, which is translated My God, my God, why have you forsaken me it's interesting to note that just a few moments uh, or a few hours before that jesus says this he says father forgive them so what's happened between that statement and this statement my god my god it sounds like two different people you know why because at this point jesus has become sin for us he has now become sin. And I think it's interesting that he, said, he cries out and says twice, My God, my God. Why does he say it twice? It's because there are two other parts of the Trinity that are not there. Jesus on the cross, the second person of the Trinity. God the Father in heaven is in heaven. Holy Spirit is in heaven. He's crying out to the other two parts of the Trinity saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus becomes sin for us. Because God cannot look upon sin. And so God turns His back on sin. He doesn't turn His back on His Son. He turns His back on sin. And He became sin for us. And Jesus ultimately dies a few hours after being crucified. But something amazing happens. Three days later, He rises from the dead. Amen? Amen. 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 And so as we wrap things up here... Look at what it says in Luke twenty-two forty-four through 46. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Jesus is talking, he says, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jesus saying this, everything in the Old Testament's about me. Everything in the New Testament, right? Even though the New Testament was being written in form, it's all about Jesus. And, and this is where we've got to get to, that everything in our lives is about Jesus. You think, oh, it's, it's your story. No, let me just remind you, his story is history. And our history is his story. He says, everything was written about me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it was written and it was necessary, look, for the Christ to suffer, we talked about that, and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Why am I here today talking to you about this Jesus? Because this is what Jesus said I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to talk to you about His resurrection. I'm supposed to talk to you about the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, that is only possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So when Jesus said, it is finished, it didn't mean he was finished. You need to get that in your mind. Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. This transaction is over and done with. You don't have to pay for your sins. Jesus paid for your sins. Amen? I'm glad I don't have to pay for it. But this is what this is what it means, right? If we accept the free gift of eternal life, which is only found in Jesus Christ our Lord, right? The Bible says this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things are passed away, and behold, everything becomes new. He does something in us because he's not finished. He's still working out his plan. He's still working out his goodwill and pleasure even through people like you and I. You see, when Jesus said, it is finished, that was just the beginning. (laughs) That was just the beginning. And what we've got to celebrate today is that the story continues on. You know why you're here today? It's because 2,000 years ago, the disciples were faithful to tell the story. The disciples 2,000 years ago made sure that others around them heard about the risen Lord. And they shared that truth. And so now, every person who believes in Jesus can have a new beginning. Some of you might be here today and you might say, I would need a new beginning. Let me, let me tell you, we've got some stories that have happened in this church recently of people who are experiencing a new beginning. People who could share with you and say, you know what? Yeah, a year ago, I thought there was no hope. A year ago, this was going on in my life and there was no way out. We didn't see. And yet, God has done a work not just to change my situation, but to change me. You see, that's what God can do. And so as we wrap up today, I want to ask you this question, right? Have you ever, have you ever been out to dinner somewhere and maybe you were prepared to pay and somebody else paid for you? Man, that's a blessing, isn't it? I've had this happen a few times. Uh, I remember... Uh, it was actually a, a couple years ago. We were praying about having a, a student ministry here, and, and God had brought several um, high school students in. They were seniors. And, and so we um, I wanted to meet with them just to say, hey, you know, how can we minister to you? How can we help you, you know, reach other people in your generation? And so we were like, let's meet over at Partners Pizza. And so we went over there, and we had a little... Uh, Uh, table outside and there was probably like 10 or 12 of us sitting there at the table and and of course you know i was planning on paying and so we sat down i just said you know order whatever you'd like and and while we were sitting there eating right uh we were having a great time great conversation the time came to pay and I, i asked the the waitress for the check and they said um somebody's already paid it i was like what somebody's already paid it and they, everybody, all the students were like, you know, of course, these are high school students. They were like, wow, somebody's already paid it. <laughs> Praise God, right? And, and I, was, I was a little dumbfounded because I was like, well, who paid it? And they were like, oh, they already left. And, and so we all sat there kind of stunned because I don't know who it was inside. I don't know why they did it. But I was the recipient of a huge blessing. They were recipients of a huge blessing. And, and this is the thing, right? It's, it's amazing when somebody else pays the bill. Let me tell you, Jesus has paid the bill. You get to benefit from that. You get to share that blessing with others. There are a lot of us, right? You you work for a living, right? You're saving up your money. You're you're trying to make a name for yourself, trying to build some kind of thing uh, for the future. But but let me tell you this. There's never going to be a time where you're going to earn enough. You talk to the rich people, right? And what are they going to say? Right, how much is enough? A little bit more. How much is enough? A little bit more. Right? Oh, you think you got enough? Like, listen, how many tools? Some of y'all are like in this tool frenzy, right? You go buy a tool and you think, oh, I don't need that tool. And then you see it like, oh, yeah, I need that tool. What are you, what are you going to do with that? What you, I don't know. I'm going to need it sometime, Right? Some of y'all, right, buying, buying shoes, let me just step on some other toes, right? You don't need another pair of shoes until you come across that pair of shoes. And you're like, oh, I need that pair of shoes, right? We all have these things, right, that we feel like, oh, i got to have this, got to have this, gonna, gotta, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn this, right? But listen, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. So you could have a life you could never earn. So many of us think, oh, you know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to build my little, uh, my little kingdom right here, it's never going to satisfy you. It's never going to be enough. You're always going to want more. You see, we're in a season right now called tax season. <laughs> you got to the 18th, by the way. And the word to sty was actually often used during tax purposes. And I got my taxes done the other day and, you know... Um, I owe some, I get some back. You know, you kind of balance all out, all that kind of stuff. We all know, we've heard this saying, right, all of our lives, there are two things for sure, death and taxes, right? But for the Christian, let me tell you this, death is no longer an issue for the Christ follower. As long as you're alive, you're going to have taxes. But let me tell you this, there's something that's more important to take care of than taxes, and that's what's going to happen with you when death comes. You see, for the Christian, for the Christ follower, death is no longer an issue. When debts were settled back in Jesus' time, when items were purchased, right, they would stamp something that would say, to telestai, it's paid. It's finished. Nobody owes anything here. It's done. In fact, even when you go someplace today, right, you still get a receipt. You know why you get a receipt? Because you want to prove you paid for it. You go to places like H-Mart, sometimes you have these big bags, right? You can't carry it out. And so what do they do? They put a little sticker on it that says paid. Because if you don't have that sticker paid on it when you're trying to get out the door, somebody's going to stop you and they're going to say, did you pay for this? Because you don't have a receipt, you better have that sticker that says paid. Receipts are important because it proves that something has been paid for. This morning, you don't have to pay for your own sins. Today, you don't have to pay to be right with God. Today, the price has already been paid. But the question is, do you have your receipt? I can go back, you know, tomorrow and I can take something back. And if I don't have my receipt, you know what? They're going to say, sorry. You ain't getting any money back. You don't have a receipt. We don't know that this is paid for. This receipt is important because it shows proof it's been paid. This morning, I want you to know that God loves you so much that He gave His Son to sacrifice for our sins, to pay the debt that we could not pay, so that we could have a life we could never earn. Today, I've got uh, some salvation receipts up here. And in just a few moments, as we close out our service, I'm going to lay these across here. and, And this morning, maybe... You might want to come up and get one of these. It says, sin, paid. Shame, paid. Regret, paid. Past mistakes, paid. Unforgiveness, paid. Hurt, paid. Anger, paid. Debt, paid. But look at this, y'all. I got y'all a stamp. And this stamp is red to symbolize the blood of Jesus. And this morning, if you want a little memento of Easter service, I'm going to have a stamp on this side and a stamp on that side. You can come up and get you one of these papers, and you can stamp it. And say, it's paid in full. This is your receipt to remind you that Jesus has paid it all. Amen? And so as we prepare, let me ask you, if you would, just bow your heads for a moment and search your heart. Have you ever truly given yourself to Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? Have you truly yielded yourself to Him and acknowledged that He is the resurrected Lord? That He is the way, the truth, and the life? And that no one comes to Him on their own accord. We only come Because he chose to come for us. But the Bible does tell us that anyone who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord can have eternal life. So this morning on Easter Sunday, a day that we celebrate the resurrection, I wonder if you would let him raise your dead life to life eternal you can do that by simply praying a prayer of yielding to Christ. In your own heart of hearts, you could say something like this. It doesn't have to be these exact words, but you could say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I can't fix my life, but I believe you can. And so today, I'm asking you to change me from the inside out. Rebuild my life with your life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place. And today, I want to ask you to give me eternal life. And I will give you my life. Thank you for loving me and saving me through the blood of Jesus Christ, who is my Lord. Now, if you're praying something like that, let me just remind you, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's Jesus who saves you. Your prayer just opens up that door to that relationship. And if you've prayed that prayer today, and you're saying, hey, today is the first time I've really understood how much Jesus loves me. I've really, I didn't understand it before, but today I'm taking that step as Jesus as my Lord. I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to simply just raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to chase after you. I'm just wondering, is there anybody who say that's me? That today I've taken that step to trust Jesus. All right, Christians. In just a few moments, these receipts are up front and maybe today you just need to recommit or maybe today you just want a memento, you just want a reminder of what Jesus has done for you. I invite you to come and stamp one of these receipts as we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Father God, we thank you so much. For the sacrifice that was acceptable to you, that was done through Jesus. And today, we celebrate the life that is found in Him, because He did rise again as He said He would. And because of that, we can have life everlasting. Jesus, we thank you for paying the price in full for us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Church, you respond as the Lord leads you.